the Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Makers of Johnson's Wax Products for Home and Industry present Fibber McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn, with music by the King's Men and Billy Mills Orchestra. The most familiar use of wax is, of course, for the protection of wood surfaces, your floors, furniture, and woodwork. It wasn't long before you ladies discovered a hundred extra uses for Johnson's Wax for other kinds of surfaces, including leather and metal. And then your husbands, being very bright and venturesome, began protecting their guns, fly rods, saws, and hand tools with that same wax. That was very wise because Johnson's Wax does protect metal surfaces against corrosion and moisture, makes them easier to use, longer lasting. Now, industry has picked up this use of Johnson's Wax finishes to protect metal and other surfaces. Many vital war materials are given surface protection with wax. One company writes as follows, we have a large carpenter shop, make all our mill work, and we use Johnson's Wax on all our tools, saw tables, and planer beds. We find they do much better work and are easier to operate. The wax is not messy like oil and is easy to apply. Well, letters like this show how Johnson's wax finishes are being used more and more for the protection of metal surfaces in industry. Well, when a guy gets out of the hospital with a wonderful topic of conversation like a snappy recovery from pneumonia, you'd think a guy would get a chance to pop off about it, wouldn't you? Like this guy here and his wife, Fibber McGee and Molly. Look, are you going to let me tell you about this or not? Dearie, I can hardly wait to hear it, but now first let me punch up those sofa pillows a bit. There now. Thanks. Well, sir, that first morning when I woke up in the hospital full of sulfur mersey dotes and I saw that nurse... Now, raise up a little, dearie. Your uh, bathrobe has slipped. Now, if you want to stay down here on the Davenport, you'll have to be careful. There, now. There you are. And I saw the nurse standing there... Are that... you sure you should be talking so much? Remember that uh, the doctor said take it easy. What do you mean, talking so much? I'm dying for a chance to talk. <laughs> My gosh, I establish a record for beating the rap with pneumonia and nobody will ever even listen to me. But, sweetheart, I'm listening to you. I don't want to miss a word of it. Okay, then, let me tell you. Now, the minute Doc flanged me into that ambulance and rushed me to the hospital and I saw there was a room and two nurses ready and waiting for me, right there I had a hunch something was wrong. <laughs> ah, you're a shrewd little character <laughs> Nobody else would have given it a second thought Well, you know how I am about my health Nothing bothers me Get a cold and pay no attention to it <laughs> Laugh it off <laughs> <laughs> Say, uh, how about the time you got the little thorn in your thumb And insisted on wearing your arm in a sling for three weeks? <laughs> well, a thorn can be a serious thing I knew a guy got a thorn in his finger And six months later, to the very day, he got threw off a horse what was the connection? Well, I don't know, but it makes you stop and think. <laughs> but as I was saying, when I woke up that first morning in the hospital, full of sulfur gabardine, and saw the nurse standing there with a... Oh, hello, Alice. Hello, Mrs. McGee. Hello, Mr. McGee. How are you feeling? Oh, I'm all right, Alice. 
Just got to take it easy for a while. It was a close call. And oh, speaking to... of calls, were there any phone calls for me, Mrs. McGee? <laughs> One, Alice. Uh, some young man called, uh, uh, told me to tell you that Charlie called. Oh, rigor mortis. Rigor mortis? Yes. Yes, that's a friend of mine that he works at the airplane plant. Charlie Mortis. He's a rigor. Mm. <laughs> Let's just call him Charlie after this, dear. It's less clinical. Now, speaking of clinical, when I woke up in the hospital that first morning, full of sulfur, never mind, and I saw that nurse standing oh, there... Charlie with a... is really a wonderful boy, Mrs. McGee. Mm. He and I have talked quite a lot about getting married, and we probably would, except that we don't like each other. <laughs> Oh, that's no obstacle, Alice. I knew a gal once who was a Republican committee woman, and she married a guy simply because he looked like an elephant. <laughs> McGee knows more interesting people, Alice. He even knew the man who drove the ambulance when he went to the hospital. Yeah. He was in the Army with him in the last war. Had to lend him five bucks before he'd even start the ambulance. <laughs> but that's how Doc Gamble says my case was. How, dearie? Touch and go. <laughs> you know, my brother had an interesting case of pneumonia once. It settled in his lungs. Yeah. Mm. Yes, it often does. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but let me tell you about this, Alice. All right. Well, sir, that first morning when I woke up in the hospital... It's time for your medicine, dearie. Huh? Oh, Okay. Uh, excuse me a minute, Alice. <laughs> I don't really need this stuff, but as long as I'm paying the doctor, I might as well get something out of it. <laughs> Open your mouth, Dave. Uh, there. That's uh, it. Taken uh, like a little man. Uh, taste awful, Mr. McGee? Oh, not bad if you care for distilled roofing paper with a slight dash of... <laughs> with a slight dash of blacksmith's apron. <laughs> I guess you were a pretty sick man there for a while, weren't you, Mr. McGee? Pretty sick? Why, my gosh, Alice, when I woke up the first morning in that hospital... They woke him up at 6 o'clock hmm. in the morning, Alice. 6 o'clock? What on earth for? Well, the nurses all have to get up early, and they hate to think of all those lazy patients. <laughs> laying there, pounding their ears all the forenoon till 7.30 or so. Oh, and McGee had a couple of wonderful nurses, didn't you, McGee? Oh, yeah, they were swell. Well, the way they talk, it's, it's kind of embarrassing at first. Well, why, Mr. McGee? Well, they came bustling in with a pan of water, and they say real cheerful. Well, let's take our bath, shall we? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Scared a guy to death. I was scared at first we were both going to have to... McGee! <laughs> uh, what was it you were going to tell Alice, dearie? Going to tell... Oh, yes. That's, this is very interesting, Alice. Mm -hmm. that, that first morning when I woke up in the hospital, full of sulfur trampoline... And I saw that nurse standing there. Oh, heavenly days, McGee. It's time for your temperature. Huh? Hand me that thermometer, will you, Alice? Oh, sure. Here you are. What's the matter? Was there a spider on it? Oh, she's just shaking it down, Alice. You see, oh. it's, it's a Fahrenheit thermometer. That means it's got to be far down so it can rise to the height of your temperature. Oh. <laughs> yeah. You see? Jeepers, I guess you know just about everything, Mr. McGee. Oh, I don't know. I just read a lot. <laughs> I got a retentive memory for not forgetting things. But as I was saying... Now, uh, here, McGee, under your tongue. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. Excuse me for interrupting you. Mm. That's okay. <laughs> and I was the first thing in the morning. And in the hospital, oh, there's something in the morning. Billy Mills and the orchestra playing Speak Low.
sure is good to be back from the hospital, baby. This is about the time of the afternoon they'd always come in and wash my mouth out with soap. Wash your mouth out with soap? What on earth for? Well, they couldn't refrain from asking me how I liked hospital food. <laughs> I couldn't refrain from telling them. <laughs> you don't have to worry now, dearie. Beulah's going to fix you a lovely dinner. Great, great, great. That gal can really wrestle the vitamins, can't she? Uh... What's she fixing? Well, I don't know, but she was yodeling a little while ago, so I think it's Swiss steak. Oh, fine. Are you hungry? Oh, I'm hungrier than anybody put together. <laughs> and that's a funny thing. I thought I'd never be hungry again. That first morning when I woke up in the hospital full of Sofa-Korsakoff and saw that nurse standing there with... I sure have been keeping that nurse standing there, haven't I? <laughs> you really have. Come in. Oh, hello, Mr. Wellington. Oh, my dear Mrs. McGee, how delightful to see you again. And McGee, old man, how de do? Hi, Sig. <laughs> Sorry I can't shake hands, but I'm still pretty weak. Got to take care of myself for a long time yet. Well, somebody must, and it might as well be you. <laughs> Won't you sit down, Mr. Wellington? Thank sure, you. Sig, sit down. Though I must ask you not to smoke. But I say, old man, you're smoking. Well, I'm not inhaling. <laughs> Beg your pardon. Uh, can I get you a slug of tea or something, Mr. Wellington? <laughs> Thank you, no, my dear. I can only stay but a moment. I merely wish to tell McGee that having heard of his unfortunate illness, the entire membership of the Elks held a meeting and passed the hat. Oh, now, Sig, my gosh, that was awful. Swallow the boys, but gee whiz, they shouldn't have... I'm afraid done. that's too much like accepting charity, Mr. <laughs> Wellington. We simply couldn't Please. do Please. Leave us not leap to conclusions. <laughs> As I say, hearing that McGee was ill, the entire membership passed the hat. Oh, After everyone had examined it and no one would lay claim to it, we decided it must belong to McGee. <laughs> <laughs> Is this your hat, my friend? Yeah, why, well, why, sure, that's my hat. But my gosh, Well, what's... of all the... Here, the man is lying sick and yeah. his friends... Ah, yes. They all asked to be remembered to him. You received our flowers, McGee? Yes. Did you get them back? Yes, we did. Thank you. Get them back? Yeah. We got a swell big bouquet of uh, paper flowers that we always send to a lodge member that gets sick, you see. <laughs> yeah. When he leaves the hospital, he always returns it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Good idea. And we figure the budget is ahead in the past seven years, the sum of 1120 odd dollars. Yeah. We use this sum to have a banquet twice a year at which several, uh, which several members always get very sick. <laughs> that way everything comes out even, you see, Molly. Oh, that's a lovely sentiment. <laughs> uh, have a pretty tough siege of it, old man? Yes, I did, Sig. <laughs> I was going to tell you, that first morning when I woke up in the hospital, full of sulfur liverwurst, and I, I saw that nurse standing there oh, with Oh, a... by Jove, speaking of nurses, I simply must dash along, old fellow. I must be at the Wistful Vista Nursery at three. Really, Mr. Wellington? <laughs> A uh, boy or girl? Apple tree. Good day. <laughs> well, it seems to me you might have been more sympathetic, McGee. Oh, Sig's heart's in the right place, Molly. You think so, dear? Must be. Isn't in the left place where everybody else's is. <laughs> hey, hand me the phone, will you? I got to call Wilcox and thank him for sending me all those books while I was in the hospital. Now you'll tire yourself, dearie. Let me call him. Oh, I won't talk long. Just want to say thank you. He sent me one honey of a book that I predict is going to sweep the country. Which one was that? Tom the Bootblack. <laughs> by a fellow named Alger. Oh? Good, clean story. At the end, he comes into a fortune of 500 bucks. <laughs> when was $500 considered a fortune? Well, believe it or not, there was a time when if you had 500 bucks, you had 500 bucks. 
Not $11 in an internal revenue receipt. <laughs> that was a long time ago. Before... Hello there, Molly. And how are you, Con? Valescent? <laughs> Hello, oh. Mr. Wilcox. How am I, Con? Oh, if that isn't the worst joke I have... Says it right. Take my advice, Junior. Steal gags if you want to. Repeat them. Buy them. Eavesdrop. Listen to Bob Hope. Read joke books. But don't try making up your own. I didn't. You pulled that one on me when I had the flu. Uh, I did? Yes, you did, McGee. <laughs> I remember. You were particularly bad about that period. Huh? We called you our pun-up boy of the month, remember? <laughs> well, my gosh, I never... Well, never mind that, pal. How do you feel? Well, I'm still kind of rocky, Junior. <laughs> That's a tricky thing I had, that Type 3 stuff. And I got to watch myself for quite a while. Yes, he was really very sick for a few days, Mr. Wilcox. Yeah. In fact, the man who drove the ambulance said McGee would not have been conscious when he got to the hospital if he hadn't let him work the siren all the way. <laughs> Boy, when I woke up in the first day in that hospital, full of sulfur Sydney strokes, and I saw that nurse standing there... I the... stopped in the hospital to see you, pal. But they said you were having an alcohol rub, so I went on my way. Heavenly days. You could have gone in while he had that, Mr. Wilcox. Yeah, sure. Who, me? After all these years of selling Johnson's self-polishing glow coat, deliberately sit there and watch all that rubbing and buffing? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yes, it really would have perturbed Junior Molly. Didn't even restore any of my original color like glow coat does. <laughs> My original color when I went in there, being a sort of a bird's nest gray. <laughs> well, it did give you a little new sparkle in life, dearie, like Johnson's glow coat. Well, I guess it was sort of a silly comparison, Molly. I'm sorry I brought it up. Sorry he brought it up, he says. Junior, any time you're sorry you mention Johnson's glow coat, I will present in Carnegie Hall a program of original compositions for comb and tissue paper. <laughs> Well, I guess he feels all right, Molly. Yeah, but you should have seen me the first day I woke up in that hospital, full of that sulfur herbicide, and that nurse standing there with a big... Big what, pal? I was expecting to be interrupted. I never got as far as the word big before. <laughs> oh, anyway, she was standing there with... Gee, I'll never forget what a close call I had when I had my appendix out. Oh, this is much more serious than an appendix, Junior. The doctor told me... My that... doctor told me it was the worst case... You see, of... my symptoms came on so suddenly that I never realized... I never did either. There I was eating a simple dinner of charcoal broiled spare ribs and coleslaw and French fried onions, au gratin potatoes and sparkling burgundy, when suddenly I began to... Me too. Took me all of a sudden. So I said, uh-oh. I said, oh boy, get me a doctor. Get a doctor, I said. I think I got appendicitis. I think I got pneumonia. Call an ambulance. Get an ambulance. Get me to a hospital right away. Me too. Come on, Junior. You can ride with me. Okay, but hurry up. Because... <laughs> What am I saying? That was five years ago. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're feeling better, pal. So long now. My gosh, I, I forgot to thank him for the books. Incidentally, did I, did I bring my Spanish dictionary back from the hospital? Yes, you did. It's on the table. Uh, what'd you want that for? A patient across the hall from me in the hospital uh, spoke nothing but Spanish. Nurse used to run in and ask me how to say things to him. Oh, I see. Yeah. First time she run in, she says, uh, how do you say, please turn over in Spanish? So I looks it up and I tells her. Well. Ten minutes later, she comes trotting back. And you know what she wanted me to look up? What? How to say, I'm sorry you fell out of bed. <laughs> she was the same little nurse at all. Oh, hello.
Hello, Doctor. I was sort of expecting you. Hello, Molly. How are you feeling, live bait? <laughs> I'm paying you to tell me that, medicine man. Anybody think... And stop folding my eyelids back. That hurts. <laughs> Just wanted to see your eyeballs, Sonny. Hmm. Look pretty good this afternoon. Two limpid pools of loveliness. One of them with what I took to be a gleam of almost human intelligence. No kidding. How do you feel? Oh, I think he's feeling better, Doctor. I do, Doc. And look, the bowling team of the Elks plays tomorrow night. Do you think I can? No. Okay. <laughs> Incidentally, Doctor, I want to thank you for your fast work in getting McGee to the hospital and arranging everything so smartly. It was wonderful, really. Well, he was a pretty sick boy, my dear. You could have fried a hamburger on his forehead, and his pulse felt like cold tapioca. Treat you all right in the hospital, McGee? Oh, yeah, I guess so. But believe me, Doc, the first morning when I woke up in that hospital, full of sulfa intermezzo, and saw that nurse... Oh, that'd be Miss Crovney, the night nurse. Very efficient girl. Oh, she certainly was, Doctor. Mm -hmm. McGee says she could change his pillows, powder his back, give him a shot, and be back in her chair asleep before he could say, hand me a Kleenex. (laughs) I didn't sleep very good because I was scared of falling out of bed. Why do they have hospital beds so high, Doc? Easier to reach the patient. It's Ooh. easier to clean under. And with rooms so hard to get, it's easy to see if there are any stowaways. <laughs> well, it certainly is nice to have him out of the hospital, Doctor. You know, that's the second time I've heard somebody say that today. Who said it first? The hospital. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I'll bet I was as good a patient as they ever had in their noisy old germ trap. I never... Well, in the first place, fever blister, you were a nuisance to one and all. You Mm. kept dropping things on the floor all the time. Oh, that was just a natural boy's curiosity, Doctor. He was merely trying to see how many times the nurses could uh, bend over without those little white caps falling off. (laughs) (laughs) My gosh, a guy's got to have a little amusement in a hospital. Yes, I know. And you were really the life of the fourth floor. The nurse said you started twitching one night, and she asked you what was the matter. You said you'd had so many alcohol rubs, your skin had the hiccups. <laughs> that was very funny, McGee. Well, I thought it might cheer the nurses up a little. Oh, they loved it. Mm-hmm. You know, nurses get so they think there are just three kinds of patients. Comics, Casanovas, and complainers. You're number one, the witty type. Mm-hmm. The kind that grabs the doctor's stethoscope, sticks it in his ears, and says, Be quiet, everybody. I think I got Sinatra. <laughs> I did not. I said Crosby. <laughs> or else you pick up your fever chart, get what you think is a humorous gleam in your eye, and say, When it gets to 110, sell me out. Oh, he did not say that, doctor. He said, Look, my temperature zigged when it should have zagged. Which I thought was very amusing. Yeah, and the nurses did, too. Had to, The nurse did, too, and she had to turn her face away for a minute, she did. Well, certainly. She was trying to resist an overwhelming desire to strangle you. <laughs> well, just continue the treatment, McGee. Keep out of drafts. Keep quiet. Don't smoke. Eat lightly. You think he's all right now, Doctor? Oh, he'll be all right if he takes care of himself, which is an old rubber stamp I had made in 1924. <laughs> well, much obliged, Doc. You sure pulled me out of this one all right. But that first morning when I woke up in that hospital full of sulfur benzahoop with that nurse standing there with that... Uh Uh-oh, it's probably for me. Hello. Yes, it's Dr. Gamble. Yes. Got a feverish look, has he? Poor Dr. Gamble. Never a minute's rest. Yes. Well, loosen his shirt collar, roll up his sleeves, and tell him to start dealing. I'll be right over. So long, folks. See you later. (laughs) 
King's Men sing San Fernando Valley. I was never one to be a setter. I've been from Santa Fe to Mandalay. Wherever I am, someplace else looks better. But where I'm going now, I'm going to stay. Going to pack my grip. Bought my ticket. I'm leaving today. Clear the track. I'm taking a trip. One-way trip. California way. Won't ever come back. I'm going to settle down and never more. My city. Way out there, I'll be making new friends. Way out there, where the west begins. Way out there, where the sunset ends. Way out there, cause I've decided where yours truly should be. And it's a San Fernando Valley for me. I think that I'm safe for stating. She will be waiting when my lonely journey is done. And kindly, old Reverend Thomas. Hitting the train Where to? To the cow country Over yonder Send my mail Where to? Care of RFD Over yonder Gonna settle down And never more oh, And make the San Fernando Valley my home Gonna plant some lemon trees Plant some beans And plant some peas No more troubles No more cares No more influenza Plow the dirt and plant the seeds, shoo the birds and pull the weeds. That's what everybody calls San Fernando frenzy. I'm a leaving right away for the land where the sun shines every day. I'm hitting the trail to the cow country over yonder. Send my mail to care of RFD over yonder. Gonna settle down and never more. drugstore the next time. Remind me to order some more talcum powder. Okay. Use that same kind you've been putting on my back. That smells wonderful. What kind is that? That's a passion flower. (laughs) Passion flower. My gosh, get that can out of here. (laughs) Order some aftershaving talcum. How would I look if somebody come in here and... Hey, here, hand me the phone. Now, McGee, you mustn't exert yourself. Well, it don't exert anybody to lie down on a Davenport and toss a few wrong numbers around. All right, now, but you've had a hard day for an invalid, you know. Two crossword <coughs> puzzles, three comic books, a game of solitaire, and Vic and Sade. Here, now, and don't strain your voice. Okay. Hello, operator. Give me Kramer's Drugstore on the corner of 14th and... Oh, is that you, Mert? Oh, dear. <laughs> How's every little thing, Mert? Dizzy. eh? What say, Mert? Your brother just bought a 1944 convertible. Heavenly days. I didn't know there were any 1944 automobiles. Well, they really wanted 20 bucks for this one, but the kid dickered them down to 1944 without the windshield wiper. <laughs> what say, Mert? Yes, uh, yeah. I had quite a time of it, Mert. Now, now, McGee, take it easy. Well, thanks, Mert. It, it's quite a thing, all right. That first day when I woke up in the hospital... Yeah, I was full of that sulfadizidine. 
And I looked up and saw that nurse standing there with that... Hello? Hello? Hello, Mert? Hello? Cut off. Yeah. <laughs> She'll probably call you right back, unless I'm badly mistaken, and I'm sure I am. Uh, don't you want to take a little nap now before dinner? Dear? No, no. If I take a nap now, I won't be able to sleep tonight, and I'm planning on finishing a dream where I've hooked a swordfish about this long, and I want to be... Yes, Beulah? Excuse me, ma'am. <laughs> But where at can I locate the whereabouts of hoop, put the rolling pin where I can't find it? <laughs> well, uh, the rolling pin is up on top of the cabinet, Beulah. You making a pie? Yes, ma'am. I thought maybe Mr. McGee might be in the mood for a nice custard pie. Yes, you, Mr. McGee. Oh. <laughs> I sure am, Beulah. Not that anybody has to be in the mood for one of your pies. Everybody admires your crust, you know. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you, sir. The sentiment is represcribed. It's a reciproc... <laughs> Everybody admires yours, too. Uh, Beulah, are you getting along all right with everything? Yes, ma'am. Except I hope the refrigerator gets cold again so I can chill the salad. I ex-frosted it this afternoon. <laughs> Oh, you could have let that go, Beulah. Personally, I never defrost the refrigerator till it starts stamping its feet. Till it starts stamping its feet? Don't look at you. <laughs> Love that man. <laughs> well, uh, I'll go out and see if you've got it turned up high enough, Beulah. Now, don't get into a draft while I'm gone, McGee. No. You sure had a bad cold, didn't you, Mr. McGee? Bad cold? My gosh, Beulah, I had the pneumonia. Well, I'm glad to hear that, sir. I was afraid you had a real bad cold. <laughs> Look, Beulah, pneumonia is a very dangerous thing to have. They had to rush me to the hospital in an ambulance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You scare me to death riding one of them things, you know that? They skedaddles along with that old banshee howling and the gong gong, and then when they unload you, what you got? Worse. <laughs> <laughs> you had some experience, eh, Beulah? No, sir. I've never been sick a day in my life. Only time Mom ever called a doctor for me is when I get vacated for dip pox and small theria. Small pox and diphtheria? Yes, sir. Outside that, I never even had no childhood diseases like falling off a tricycle because I never had a tricycle. <laughs> now, wait a minute, Beulah. Let me get this straight. You never been sick a day in your life, eh? No, sir. Never been in a hospital? No, sir. Only to deliver a friend of mine who was in a rundown condition from a beer truck. <laughs> You never had anything wrong with you at all? No physical ailments? No, sir, never. Ah, sit down, Beulah. I want to talk to you. Yes, yeah, sir. Ah. Well, sir, Beulah, I'll never forget that first morning in the hospital. When I woke up full of sulfonastertium and saw that nurse standing there with an eight-pound baby in her arms. She just stopped by on her way from the maternity ward, of course. But... Me, with all dizzy from that sofa and looking up at that new baby, it was one of the most frightening things I ever... When wet April feet come tramping in across the linoleum floor in your kitchen or front entrance hall, you can say to yourself, I'm glad they're protected with Johnson's self-polishing glow coat. That's really one of the times you're especially grateful for glow coat because in a jiffy you can remove those wet spots with a damp cloth. You've saved yourself work, kept up the good looks of your floors, and protected the linoleum itself from harm. Three important benefits from a polish that requires practically no work at all. There's no rubbing or buffing with Johnson's Glow Coat because it's self-polishing. And <clears throat> there'll be no more scrubbing of your linoleum floors. 
Once you begin to protect them the glow coat way, they will wear much longer, actually six to ten times longer. Yes, April is a very good month for you to start using Johnson's self-polishing glow coat. Ladies and gentlemen, for all the flowers, cards, letters, and telegrams you sent me in the hospital, I'm very grateful. They were swell. I can't express my appreciation to all of you in person, so this will have to be a blanket thank you. We also want to thank our old friend Gildersleeve for coming over to Wistful Vista to help us out last week. Now that I'm on my feet again... Excuse me, McGee. Yes? Move over a little, will you please? What for? You're on my feet again. Huh? Oh. <laughs> Good night. Good night, all. This is the National Broadcasting Company.